Matthew chapter 4, we're going to continue a series we started last week called Answer the Enemy's Taunts. And we were talking about the fact that the devil is a liar. He is a liar. And um, in fact, John says this, that there's no truth in him. There's just no truth in him. And we highlighted a verse last week that I just want to give to you again because it's so important. And I, I want to encourage you to, to commit this verse to memory. Proverbs 18, chapter 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What an incredible contrast God makes, not just blessing and cursing, but death and life. And so the power of our words, I, I, every now and then I just, you know, in fact, several times a year I'll preach on, on, on this topic because it is so important, so valuable. I myself need to hear these reminders because I'm often tempted myself to say the wrong thing or, 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 or believe the wrong thing. And so we have to refute the enemy's lies because he comes with these lies and, and with our tongue we can speak death or with our tongue we can speak life. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. So I said this last week. I said Satan has no creative power. The only power that he has comes from the lies that we believe. He cannot create. He doesn't have creative power like God has. So he has to manipulate. He has to twist. He has to come up with some sort of fabrication or an outright lie that he speaks to us. And if we can believe the lie, then he can ensnare us. Then that lie is given power. And so we have to refute, much like when Goliath stood before the children of Israel and just taunted them. Day and night, day and night, every morning and every night for 40 days, he just spoke to them and nobody did anything. Nobody said anything back until one young 14-year-old kid just showed up on the scene and said, who is this guy that keeps taunting us? And, And he's really taunting God. And so David confronted Goliath's lie. And so we have to confront our giant. We have to confront the enemy who, who speaks to our minds, sometimes in the morning and sometimes in the evening. He'll tell us these lies, and we have to refute them. We have to speak. We have to speak. And so we talked about that, and I want to kind of highlight another verse today. And this verse really speaks to where we're at as a society in fact, this verse you can just look at and go, wow, this is, this is what's happening in our world today. Romans chapter 1 says this. They traded the truth of God for a lie. They started to worship created things instead of the creator. Did you hear me now? They traded the truth of God for a lie. That's happening in our world today. People are trading truth for a lie. I've seen politicians stand there, face a camera, and say, I used to believe that marriage was between one man and one woman. But I no longer believe that. What happened? They traded, listen to me, church, they traded truth for a lie. They traded truth for a lie. So we have to be very careful to really understand the difference between truth and lie. In fact, I'm going to take it just a step further today because I said last week that the truth is found in the word of God. 
And so Paul's writing to the book of Romans, in the book of Romans, he's writing to the church at Rome, and he's saying, hey, you cannot exchange truth for a lie. It's so important that we know truth. It's so important that we teach truth. It's so important that we believe truth. Amen? And so we have to know that truth is, is of incredible value. Truth is so valuable to us today. And there is a void that is taking place in our world. And that void is a truth void. Where is truth? Where do we find truth? Can we make up our own truth? Can we determine for ourselves what truth is? And if that's so, then, then can your truth differ from my truth? Is there a source for truth? And I have always said that the source of truth is the Word of God. Hallelujah. And there is no other source. It is the Word of God. And if the Word of God says that it's true, then it's true. Hallelujah. Regardless of popular opinion, regardless of what gets you votes or doesn't get you votes, we have to go to some sort of foundation, and that foundation is the Word of God. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 23 says this, buy the truth and don't sell it. Buy it. Don't give it up. Don't exchange it. Don't let it go. Don't sell it for any price. Don't be a sellout. Come on now. Don't sell out truth. Hold on to it. John wrote in 3 John, there's only one chapter. He starts in verse 2. He says, Beloved, I wish that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. And then he goes on to say this in verse 4. He says this, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. Hallelujah. I've got three children, and one day I'll exit this earth unless Jesus comes to take us all. But I want to know this, that my children would always walk in truth. Whatever money they make is great, and I want them to be blessed, and I want them to be successful, and I want them to, to, to succeed in life on every level. But more than anything else, I want them to walk in truth. Hallelujah. If they walk in truth, if they believe God's word, if they hold on to truth, if they buy truth and never sell it, they're going to have a solid foundation in life. Hallelujah. So I agree with John. I have no greater joy than my children walk in truth. So we have to know the truth and we have to answer the enemy's taunts when he comes with lies. Amen. Amen. So when the enemy comes, guess what he comes to steal? He comes to steal truth. He comes to, to take truth. He comes to pull that seed of truth that God wants to plant into our hearts. And really, there's two things that he tries to pull away from us. There's two truths that he tries to take from us. And those are this, the truth of who we are and the truth of what we have. The truth of who we are and the truth of what we have. And both of those are found in our identity. Our identity. Both of those are found in our identity. If you're in Matthew chapter 4, let's go to Matthew chapter 4. And really before I start reading in Matthew 4, because you have to know that to understand what's taking place in the first part of Matthew chapter 4 is based on the last part of Matthew chapter 3. The very last part of Matthew chapter 3, Jesus is baptized. And as he's baptized, he goes under the water. And the Bible says, and when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. Right? And then it says, and a voice cried out from heaven. And what did the voice say? 
This is God speaking. God said this, This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Here you have a picture of the Trinity. Jesus is in the water. The Holy Spirit descends upon him, and God is speaking. And God confirms to Jesus and seals in him a sense of identity, an identity. Jesus goes into the wilderness and the enemy comes immediately to steal what just happened in Jesus' life. And he was after two things, the truth of who Jesus was and what Jesus had. He was after Jesus' identity because the first thing he says to Jesus, here's the devil, is if you are the son of God. Huh? Let me pull that, let me pull that sense of identity away from you. If you really are the son of God. And that's what the enemy does. He comes to steal identity. He comes to take away that seed, that sense of, of who am I? And, and knowing who I am, then, then I can now know what I have. I, I now know where I belong. I now know what's mine and what isn't mine because of my identity. Hallelujah. I go into my house because it's my house. I, I belong there. It's a sense of identity. I go in the refrigerator. Why? Because it's mine. And everything in there is mine. And I've told my kids, and I'm going to teach on kids real soon, that everything in this house is mine. Some of y'all remember my parenting series. We're going back there in a few weeks. It's all mine. I had to remind my eight-year-old the other day because he said, Dad, that's mine. No, 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 no. Nothing in this house is yours because you have paid for none of it. And even if you have, it's in my house. So it's still mine. The car, well, anyway, we'll get to that sermon in a few weeks. I don't go into your house and go through your fridge because it's not mine. There's no sense of identity. I know what's mine and what isn't mine. I know because of what I know is mine, I know what I can have. And the devil comes to steal that. He doesn't want you to know two things, who you are and what you're entitled to have. He doesn't want you to know those things, Right? And so where do we get our identity? We get it from God above. Do you remember when Adam was created? The Bible actually says that God brought all the animals to Adam for Adam to name them. That Adam named all the animals. What was Adam not allowed to name himself? He was never allowed to name himself. Why? Because that came from God. We have no right to name our own identity, because identity is not determined, identity is discovered. And you've got a whole generation of people running around saying, well, I can just say that I'm this and that makes it so. No, your identity comes from God. It doesn't come from what you feel like. Come on now. Your identity is, is discovered. You don't determine it. It's given to you. By God above, by a creator. Amen? And so here is the devil trying to steal Jesus' identity and starts off by saying, if you're the son of God. Now we're going to go right to the second temptation 
Matthew chapter 4, verse number 5, because something takes place that's so important, so vital for us to know. It says, Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, there it is again, trying to steal from him the sense of who Jesus was. Throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Here is the devil coming to Jesus. And, and I said this, there's no truth in him. But yet here he is quoting scripture. Huh? And this is one of the biggest challenges that we face in life. Because what the devil was doing by quoting scripture was presenting Jesus with a fact. The fact was, the Bible does say that. Psalms chapter 91. Hmm? But that's not truth. And the reason now it's not truth is because it's not applied correctly. Did you hear me now? The fact is the Bible says that, but that's not how you apply that verse because Jesus says yeah but it's also written you don't tempt God huh see there are people who've who've studied this book as a historical book to them it's a it's a it's a book that's filled with facts and and insight into archaeology and study and research they've researched this book and they can quote more scripture than anybody in this room but they've never, they've never discovered truth, right? They just have a head full of information. There's been no truth. And so what the devil did is he presented to Jesus fact. And Jesus refuted him with truth. So what we need to determine in our life is the difference between fact and truth. Because fact, listen to me, church, fact speaks to your situation. Truth speaks to your revelation. Hallelujah. Fact. Fact. Fact, the Bible does say that. But that's not truth, devil. Why? Because you're, you're, you're misinterpreting that scripture. You're trying to use that scripture to manipulate it. And you're twisting it to where I can just tempt God. No, that's just a fact. The truth is, is that you don't tempt God. He will keep his angels charge over you, but not the way you're saying it. That's just a fact. Huh? And listen, there's nothing wrong with, with facts. We need facts. But facts only speak to situations. Fact is, okay, this is a fact. But what is truth? What is truth? Because when I want to refute the enemy's lies, I don't refute them with facts. I refute them with truth. And every time the enemy came to Jesus and said, hey, here's a temptation and, and here's it, and he even used the scripture. Jesus, all the time, every time, used scripture back and said, no, here, let me speak truth to your situation. Hallelujah. So all of us today are facing situations. They're just facts. And we have to determine what is truth because truth supersedes facts. 
Hallelujah. Amen. You know, one of the, one of the best messages I heard was years ago by a guy named Dr. Tony Evans. Dr. Tony Evans pastors a, a church in Dallas, and he's an incredible, incredible speaker, and he preached a message called Keeping Your Faith on the Right Side of Your Butt. How many of you are going to remember that title? Huh? He said, you got to keep your faith on the right side of your butt. I didn't say it. He said it. All right? And he started to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now watch this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and he starts to read this, and he says this. Here's what 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 8 says. It said, we are pressed on every side, but. How many know that's a big but? But we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but. Ooh, Hallelujah. We are not driven to despair. We are hunted down. But, come on now. But we are never abandoned by God. We get knocked down. Come on, say it with me. But we are not destroyed. Hallelujah. See, some people do it the opposite. They say, well, I guess we're not crushed yet, but... We're being pressed on every side. Huh? I mean, I know God's word says I'm healed, but I sure don't feel like it. Huh? They do it the opposite. That's why the title of the message is so good. It's like you got to keep your faith on the right side of your butt. Amen? Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. Or you could say it like this. Life. Hear me, church. Life is in the power of the tongue. Hallelujah. So whatever the fact is, Paul said, here's a fact. We are crushed on every side. But here is a truth. We are I mean, we're pressed on every side. We are not crushed. Hallelujah. That's fact. But here is truth. Truth supersedes fact. Amen. Hallelujah. Doctor says, you've got this. Oh, but God says, God says, God says, don't you try to taunt me with those lies, devil. I know truth. You speak fact all day long. Amen. I'm going to speak truth. Amen. Because life is in the power of the tongue. Hallelujah. Oh, you say, well, yeah, but, but pastor, my, my, when I get home, my husband and my kids and, and my this and my that, my bank account. But, but truth supersedes all that. Amen? Truth is higher than that. Those are just facts. We need to start speaking truth. Amen? Hallelujah. Fact is, Goliath was, was nine feet tall. Genetic freak. You hear what I'm saying? I mean, anything above 5'9 is freaky. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just, y'all know that. That's a fact. Look at that spear. That's a fact. Look at that, that guy, look at the shield he's got. That's bigger than my, my whole body. That's a fact. But God's bigger than him. Hallelujah. Amen. The greater one is living on the inside of me. And I can take a little rock and just swing it. And the power of God's going to go behind it. And that guy's dead. And his head's going to be ridden from his body. Hallelujah. 
Those are truths. Hallelujah. Amen. So I can answer the enemy's taunts. I don't answer him with facts. I answer him with truth. Amen. I just need to determine the difference between a fact and a truth. And then I'm going to speak truth. Amen. I'm going to speak truth. I'm going to consistently speak truth. Amen. Hallelujah. I heard somebody say this years ago, and I can't remember who said it. I, I give them credit. But they said this, what you consistently attach the words I am to, you'll eventually become. That's why we never let our kids say anything like, I'm stupid, I'm dumb. No, we, we will never let them say those words. Nor would we ever speak it over them. Huh? No, 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 you're blessed. No, 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 you have the wisdom of God. See, it works not just with what I am. It also works with what I have. Hallelujah. I have it. If God says I could have it, I can have it. If God says I am it, then I am it. If God says I'm the righteousness of, Christ in, righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then I, then I am that. Hallelujah. If God says he sees me as holy, then I am holy. Hallelujah. If God says I'm blessed, then I am blessed. Hallelujah. I don't care what the bank account says. Hallelujah. I don't care what that jalopy looks like that I've been driving around for five years. I believe I'm blessed. That's just temporary. Amen. Those are just temporary things. Those are just temporary facts. They're subject to change. Hallelujah. There is life in the power of your words. Hallelujah. That's why if the doctor says, well, you have diabetes, the devil is a liar. I don't have that. And I'm going to stop saying I would ever have that. We're so careful with one of our, with our kids. No, no, no. They, they're just, these are just symptoms. Amen? Just symptoms. That's just a doctor's report. It's a fact. Absolutely, it's a fact. But here's what God's word says. This word says I'm healed. Listen, I think the most dangerous thing we could ever do is trade truth for a lie. And if we don't stand up and speak, listen to me, church, if we don't stand up and speak, if we don't refute the enemy's lies, we empower them. And we ultimately believe them. And the greatest thing I could ever teach you today is to get the word of God open and begin to dig through the pages and say this. Watch this. God, I am not looking for facts. I'm not here to try to research, right? I'm not here to just, just be in awe of the poetry, fall in love with the, the, the way things are written. I'm not in here even looking for some sort of comfort or peace, although that's available to you. I am here looking for truth. Now show me the truth so that I would never believe a lie. Listen to me, church. When Jesus was crucified, I'm going to end with this. If Pastor Mark would come. When, when Jesus was crucified, watch this. He stood before Pilate. Right? And they got into a discussion about truth. And Pilate literally asked Jesus this question. He said to Jesus, and what is truth? truth what is truth now Jesus had already said 
I am the way. Come on now, not that I have the way, not that I know the way. I am the way. And then he said what? I'm truth. Not that I have truth, I am the truth. But the Bible says this, Pilate literally washed his hands and he walked away without ever getting to the answer, the answer to the, his own question. He stood before truth, the source of all truth. He stood right before him and he said, what is truth? And then he walked away. Would you do this this morning, church? Would you close your eyes for just a moment?